want to just get right into the Word. Is that okay? Um, we have been in a series called I Believe, and this is the last Sunday of that particular series as we walk in next Sunday to the new year. I want you to uh, grab your notes and uh, let, me, let me walk with you through this. We've uh, been talking about I Believe, and our, our theme scripture is Luke 145. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Uh, anybody know any believing women? Anybody know any women that know how to pray? Anybody have that mama? I got that, you know, she's in heaven right now, but I'm telling you, the woman can pray, all right? And grandmother, so many stories about my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and their prayers, and their faithfulness. And I got to be... Uh, with my family for a little while, we uh, got back in a hurry. We left on we left here on Thursday morning and drove and to Ohio and had the Davis party, dying inside of the family, and then immediately went to my brother's house, spent the night, and got up and had the hawker party, and then later that afternoon evening we jumped in the car and headed back. So we've been doing this, and uh, but in that I got to sit with my aunt Louise, my great aunt Louise, my great aunt Louise. That's right, I'm old enough to have a great aunt. All right, and. Uh, and we looked at some of the oldest pictures I've seen. I, I got some really old photos, and we got to look at these people who were just faithful. Anybody know faithful folks? Anybody know those people? And uh, here's what I found out is that believing makes a difference. Anybody believe that? How many know faith moves mountains? Do you, do you believe that? So I, I want us to continue. Uh, today, and I want to extend Christmas. Congratulations. You got an extension on Christmas. Amen. Amen. So, that's all right. I love that. My wife can compete with you. So, uh, anyway. Uh, so, we say God bless you. To anybody you want to. All right. So, that was beautiful. Uh, uh, Christmas has been extended. It was always extended with my Puerto Rican family. I come on, where are you? You cloud glory of yours. Alright, so uh, this is uh, coming up on January the sixth is what? You don't know? Yeah, what she said. It's uh, Three Kings Day, alright? They say something, something, something. Okay. And uh, so if, if you've celebrated that before, you know that they would take, uh, they take uh, that, that's really their Christmas morning, you know, you take and you put strong stuff around uh, under the bed, and then the gifts, you get up and look under the bed in the morning, and there's no boogeyman, it's, it's gifts, you know. So uh, that, uh, that is the extension, and it, it, it doesn't kind of sad to me that you do Christmas morning, but done now. I, I, that's not how I feel, you know. So the decorations are still up, and the lights are still on. Somebody praise Jesus, and uh, I think what we lose here is God's intention to bring uh, more understanding of our relationship and our journey and our relationship with another part of the Christmas story that we read of in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. I want to talk to you about the, the kings, the wise men, the magi. I want to talk to you about finding Jesus from Matthew, chapter 2, verse 2, uh, which reads this way, this way, Where is he who has been found, who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship and have come to worship him. I want to talk to you about the, the journey of the wise men. And I did do some things on my way into church this morning. 
I went to the nativity and I, I, I fixed it. I took the wise men out. So uh, you don't have to do this, but, but in case you did not know, on the day that Jesus was born, the wise men were not there, okay? G- Jesus was, I, I stopped crying, okay? It's, it's so okay. It's the way God intended it to be, all right? Because there's a message in this, but so I went ahead and I rescued the wise men. I'm going to take them back a few months and put them out there again. All right? No, you're not. You're not. Some of you are not rolling with me, okay? All right, so it's fine. I, I, and I know in all the pageantry, you always got to have the three kings there. Uh, that's, that's just because we're trying to consolidate it into one quick Christmas story. Uh, but but uh, to understand that when the, the wise men uh, arrive to see Jesus, he's, um, this morning, Aileen's Ab- Ab- asleep right now. I brought her up, but Aileen ran on, on the stage this morning for service. I got any two-year-olds in the house? Any two-year-olds? Any two-year-olds? Oh, CJ. See, he's on. Is he three? CJ's three? When did he turn three? Can you, would he be mad if you stood him up back there, Chris? Would he be mad if you picked him up and showed him off a little bit? Look at that man right there. He won't even notice what we're doing. Look, there he is. Hey, what's up? All right. Hey, CJ. How you doing, bud? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Good to see you. Yeah, we're well, the show. Thank you. It's good to see the Lewises here. They're on vacation from their ministry there in Jersey, where they uh, minister to children's uh, in children's ministry, ministries, student ministries. Let's welcome the Lewis family here. So, does anybody have a two-year-old? How many know a two-year-old can tear up your house? No, no. Way. How many know if you got two of them, they might take it all the way down to the foundation? All right. If you got put two two-year-olds in the same space and just see what they can do. Hallelujah. You say not my two-year-old. That's because you're watching them all the time. Okay. That's all. Because if you take your eye off a two-year-old, some parents tell me to preach right now. You take your eye off a two-year-old for just a minute, they will find things that you thought were indestructible and destruct them, all right? All right? And some of you say, yeah, two-year-olds are terrible twos. No, you were probably worse than that when you were two, all right? You probably tore some stuff down. I was, uh, my mom and dad were just crazy, you know, because uh, they had two children, my two oldest brothers. When my oldest brother was two, she already had another toddler because, like, uh, uh, she got she got pregnant again like 12 months uh you know what I'm saying? Like, like two months after my oldest brother was born, my second brother was on the way. And uh, God bless her soul. I mean, bless her heart. I mean, could you, I don't know, anybody have a couple of kids? I mean, you could have a three or a four-year-old. How many know they could as well, right? Uh, I got an amen at the back. So here's what happens. The things, the things you need to understand about the wise men is that uh, when they arrived, Jesus was not in a stable. Jesus was not in a manger. When I'm, I'm tearing your traditions all up. He wasn't in a manger. Uh, we're talking about a journey. This journey of the wise men took a, a, quite a bit of time because they were trying to find Jesus and they didn't have ways. They didn't have a GPS. Uh, they didn't have a good map. The only reason they were finding Jesus was because Jesus wanted to be found by them. I'm preaching to somebody already. 
But you know, when I when I even look at this, you know, there's uh, it reminds me of a movie that came out years ago, an animated movie called Finding Nemo. Okay, anybody remember that? All right, and anybody remember the characters? What are the, some of the characters here? Dory, Marlin, and Nemo. Okay, so uh, uh, evidently Nemo was lost, and uh, and they, and Dory ends up helping Marlin go and search. But most of, uh, Nemo seemed to be working it out. Anybody remember any see, any uh, scenes from Finding Nemo? Anybody remember any? What's your favorite scene? What is that? Okay, you get a candy cane. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, there's another one. Hey, hit it right in the head. Okay, so, so anybody else know a scene? Nobody, what's that? Okay, is that a scene? Yeah, like initiating. Okay, all right, you can have a candy cane. Okay, so, so now catch, catch this. Really, catch that candy cane. Uh, track with me here. Uh, Nemo ends up in an aquarium. How many remember that scene? Some of you are going to have to go and catch up on some of your movies. This is a good movie, alright? Nemo gets in an aquarium. He gets captured. He's in an aquarium, but he and his buddies are working it out. In fact, if you watch the show, it seems like Nemo just keeps working things out, right? And, and the struggle, Marlon and, and uh, Dory, I mean, they're just in all kinds of mess, you know? Trying to find a way, trying to get some information because they have no particular way. Now, here, Here's the, here's the point, all right? Uh, uh, in case you didn't know this, Jesus isn't lost. We are. Anybody ever done this? Jesus, where are you? Have you said that? Maybe you were in a situation, a condition in your life, in a moment, and you said, Jesus, where are you? God, why don't you listen to me? God, where are you? And just so you know, Jesus isn't lost. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Basically, I know, God said, I know exactly where I am, and I know exactly where you are, and I am working in your life. And that, that's the story. I'm working in this life, in your life, in order to bring you into right relationship with myself. But, but you're going to have to seek me. You can't ignore all my signs. You can't ignore all my direction. You can't ignore my word because I, I'm going to give you signs and moments. We, we, there's a, there's a, an old song, you don't remember it, but I'm older than you, so I do, uh, uh, called Guess Who Moved. Anybody remember that? Nobody but me. I, I, I knew that. Hey, if you used to live for Jesus, but you're now away from God. I need a flat top guitar right now. Guess who moved? Guess who moved? Anybody remember that? No, you don't remember. Now you do. Here's, here's the point of the song. Is that if, if, if you can't find God in your life, Jesus, Jesus didn't leave. He's right where you left him. Okay? And, and uh, the story of the wise men supports this as well. Okay, let me just preach to you for a minute, okay? What I love about this is the journey. Now, the wise men had a journey. One of the reasons we know that the wise men weren't there on the birth of Christ was just by reading the scripture in Matthew, but understand this. The wise men were on a journey. 
a minimum of a four-month journey, at least a four-month journey. We know that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem for much longer than that because Mary and Joseph had to have stayed put for at least 40 days for the time of purification to be completed for Mary to be even permitted to begin to travel. So there was at least a 40-day time period where she had to, to, to stay put. They probably didn't. The reason that they could not find a place to stay was because of the time of taxation, right? And there were so many people that had come to Jerusalem or come to, to Bethlehem. Uh, and so they're in Bethlehem and uh, uh, during that time, eventually, uh, Holiday Express had a room. Eventually, they got to go someplace to stay, perhaps with family or friends that were able to stay. So even Matthew tells us that eventually they end up, when the wise men go, they go to that house where they are. So they're definitely in a house. All, all I'm telling you is sometimes it is a journey to get back to God where you need to be. And, and some of you would say, well, Pastor, I've been on a, 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 you know, a two-week journey trying to get some things right, or a, a four-week journey, or a one-month journey, or a five-year journey. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm going to lay this out. I want you to understand this clearly, that sometimes God will lead you on a journey in order to help you eventually to find Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody said, I'm not there yet, but I'm on the journey. I may not be there yet, but I'm on the journey. Let's, uh, let's look at this story, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. Where did they see his star? So his star was where? In the east. And we have come to worship him. Matthew 2, verse 3. Herod, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So the wise men didn't come straight to Bethlehem. They first went to Jerusalem, all right? And when he says all Jerusalem, we're talking about hierarchy. Where uh, Herod, remember, he was a public king. He was, he was in cahoots with the Roman government. He was troubled now because he had been declared by the Roman government the king of the Jews. And the Bible says, he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And the reason they said that is that it's a quote from the prophet Micah in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Uh, so evidently, Herod was not really good at looking for Jesus. He, he was not good. He did not have a handle on the prophecies. Am I preaching to somebody right now? Uh, it's important for you to have some handle because God's not finished, right? And he's doing some things. How many know that there's some prophetic words in Scripture that have not shown up yet? We haven't seen some of these things, but you're watching for them and you see it, right? So when we celebrate Advent, we're not just celebrating that Jesus came as a baby. We're also celebrating that he's coming again. So we need to be aware. Herod was not aware. In fact, the religious leaders Leaders were aware of the prophecies, but they weren't looking for Jesus. That's true. What? <laughs> so it's a possibility to read all of Revelation, come on, read all of Daniel, read all of the Bible, and still not be looking for Jesus. And it's an, it's an imperative that we look for Christ. In Matthew uh, 2, 7, Herod, when he 
they had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Now, you, you need to see the rest of this. Why did he say what time the star appeared? Because the star appeared when he was born. So Herod will eventually have all children two years old and under killed. All right? So that kind of gives us a clue of about how long Jesus had been around. Because Herod then slayed all the children, tried to slay as many children as he could that were two years old and under. So now we kind of get the time period, right? So, I mean, we have some other things that happened. I remember the, 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 the Jesus had been circumcised. Jesus had been presented at the temple. Simeon had, uh, had prophesied him. Anna had seen him in the presence of the Lord. So all of these things are things that have taken place now. We've got this two-year period. Now, Herod, who is devious, says, go and search carefully. You can almost hear his voice change, can you? Go, search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Somebody shout, Waya, Waya, Waya. So Herod did not want to lose his position, so he was trying, he's going to have the, the baby killed, all right? But you can already see the spirit of this thing. Can you already see it? The spirit is that Jesus came to live, but he also came to die, all right? So already Jerusalem has their eyes upon him at his very, uh, at the beginning of his birth. But the Bible says uh, that uh, when, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. So they came to Jerusalem. Uh, they did not necessarily always see the star. They didn't know where it was, but there is another visitation. There is another sign. Somebody thank God for signs. Somebody thank God for signs. There is another sign of where Christ is born, and the Bible says when they saw, excuse me, uh, they saw the east and went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. Not the infant baby, not the swaddling clothes, but the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. It's like when you've been lost for a while and finally you see a roadside sign. Oh, that's where Jesus is. Don't make me preach right there. I got other things to say, but how many have been there before? It's like you just kind of going on about your business and somebody walked into the grocery store in the same aisle you were and said, you know, I, you know, maybe we need Jesus. You know, there's something better than this uh, whole wheat bread. There, there is, there is a, can I get an amen? So I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so when they came to his house, they saw the young child Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Alright? So many people don't understand the story of these men. Alright? Don't understand the concept of the wise men. Wise men is translated in two other uh, uh, statements in script that, that we use. One is magi. Another is kings. And we often say three kings, but that's just some, some guesswork. We don't know that there were three. You don't have to change your song. You don't have to go down throwing your nativity scenes away. But, but understand that it says... Wise men came, plural. That means more than two, all right? or at least two. All right, wise men, not a wise man, but wise men came. And then uh, we don't understand what that means because we get the word magician from the word magi. And so immediately we say, "Oh, these guys were magicians. That's what they were. They were occultic." And 
I, I want you to know that contextually, a, a, a magi was like a scientist. And the word magi was connected to individuals who were seeking for truth. And nearly every king had some of those wise men hanging around. They had wise men. They had a company of them. And we find different wise men in the Old Testament as well. One of the wisest of the wise men was a man named Daniel. Anybody remember Daniel? Daniel and Lions Den. Look at all my Sunday school children in the room today. Daniel and the Lions Den. And you understand that Daniel was one of those, uh, during the time of Babylon, that had been uh, taken away from, uh, from, from Israel, and he was uh, enslaved. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he pulled the greatest of them to the side, the most learned. And there were individuals such as he, and you remember three others, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were all wise men who worked in Babylon and worked for the king. And uh, we, we hear more about them in different stories in Daniel, but there's one particular moment where the Bible says in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1 uh, that, Daniel, that, that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he was greatly troubled by the dream and he wanted an interpretation he wanted a, a, of the dream and he, so he called the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans uh, to tell the king his dream. And they came and stood but uh, verse 10 through 13 says that they could not. In fact, they said, there's nobody that can answer this for you. There's no one in flesh that can tell you what this means. And so Nebuchadnezzar responded to this by saying, okay, I'm just going to kill all of you because you're worthless if you can't answer my questions. So he began to massacre all of the wise men in Babylon, in his empire. Now, they were in different places, so he sent out parties to have them killed. And so they arrive at Daniel's house and they ask Daniel and Daniel uh, they, sought, they, they sought out Daniel to kill Daniel. And then in verse number 16 Daniel went in and asked the king to give him some time that he might tell the king the interpretation. And he went to the house and he made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who we also know as Shadrach, Mishael, and Abednego, because one is the Babylonian name and one is their Hebrew name. So, so he tells them. So now they begin to see God. Listen, folks, I'm going to have 21 days fasting prayer beginning next weekend. And some of you say, well, I don't know what I need to do. Well, just so you know, the enemy would like to destroy what God is doing right here. How many know that? And we need to listen to God for your homes, for your families, for our nation. We need to do that. I need some Hananiah and Azariahs. I, I need you to come and pray and seek the Lord. Let me keep preaching, all right? So they sought for God, and uh, so the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, and the secret looked like this. Uh, it was a statue, the head was gold, the breast was silver, uh, the thighs were brass, and the legs were of iron, and the feet were of clay. And they represent particular times, all right? Uh, and uh, we're kind of in the bottom there. Uh, so, uh, but the, the head was back, the, the Empire of Babylon and then the Empire of Persian and the Empire of Greece and Roman uh, and Rome and uh, then eventually uh, iron uh, and clay. So I tell you that because there's another part of the dream and that is this massive boulder comes and just bashes it all to pieces. And uh, Daniel interprets the dream, but here's, here's what you need to understand uh, who the boulder is. Who's the boulder? The rock. The rock. 
right? The cornerstone, none other than Jesus. So, so you understand, don't put your faith in, uh, in the gold and in the silver and in the brass and in the iron. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus. So I want you to, now, now listen, this is for context. So, so why would wise men from the east know something about the coming of a Messiah? Why? Why? Why would they know? Because they also knew this guy named Daniel, right? So it, it becomes a part. I mean, these guys carefully write out all of these truths. And though Daniel had been gone for some time, and now we're living in the time of Rome, even though Daniel had been gone, still the message of the coming Messiah is intrinsically part of what, what the words of Daniel, the prophecies of Daniel, and the end times of that Daniel speaks of. So they know something about a Messiah that is born. However, they don't go to the temple. These are not individuals who have the, 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 the Torah in their hands. They don't have their hands upon all of the prophecies, but they are seekers of God. And just so you understand, if you seek Him, you will find Him. I'm telling somebody. This is important. Some of you would say to me, well, you know, Pastor, I don't know if, if this works or not. I want you to know that this is massively important because uh, uh, there are individuals that have been wise men through the years that were not necessarily connected. In Numbers chapter 24 and 17, there was a wise man by the name of uh, Balaam. Anybody remember him? And Balaam had who could not prophesy against Israel, even though he was being paid to. But, but the Holy Spirit spoke uh, and made him say some things. And one of the things he said is, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Anybody know who that is? Anybody know who that is? It's Jesus that is coming. So he has some of these moments, you know, some Joseph-like moments. Remember Joseph when he was in Egypt? Okay, more wise men from the east. So when Joseph was in Egypt, the king of the Pharaoh needed his dream uh, uh, interpreted. And the only one that could interpret it was Joseph because man could not interpret it. I, I'm telling you this because according to God's word, these the prophetic things are important. Can I get an amen? In Acts 2, the Bible says that he would pour his spirit out upon us, upon his main service and his main service. I'll pour my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and I'll show wonders in the heaven above and the signs on the earth. And Luke 21, the Lord says there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences uh, and, and there will be fearful sights and great signs in the heaven. So I'm telling you this because of this particular principle. Those who are true seekers of God and choose to understand him prophetically will ultimately find Christ and bring gifts into the kingdom of God. That's what we learn from the wise men. If you are a true seeker of God, you choose to know Him, to understand Him, and you take what you have. You might say, well, I'm not, I haven't been to Bible school or anything. I, I haven't got... Listen, you right where you are, brother or sister, God is not trying to hide from you. He's trying to get you to come to where He is. Yeah, I don't know if you get this. These are wise men from the East, pagan individuals from pagan areas. You understand? This. And, and the Lord Jesus shows up. He has a star for them. There's nothing in the scripture that says the shepherd saw the star. There's nothing that says that. There's nothing that says Herod saw the star. It was specifically for these individuals because he wanted to show Babylon. Did you know that Daniel was in Babylon because God loved Babylon? You think that Israel was enslaved in Babylon because God was just mad at Israel? I tell you, 
But God's plans are bigger than our plans. Listen, God loves people that you can't stand. People that you don't even want to go to heaven with right now. God loves them. I'm preaching to somebody. People that you can't forgive, God loves them. Come on. Don't be, don't some, don't be the, the don't, don't be that person in their life that shows them what God is not. Love the broken. Love the hurting. Love the wounded. Come on, love, love. Don't ever be accused of hating. Love people. No matter how messed up, no matter how full of the devil they are, you love them. Jesus. That pastor preach. So, all right. This visitation calls us to take action as well. So I'm going to give you three areas of action. Number one, you must find the Savior. Say, I must find the Savior. So they came to the house. They finally found the Savior. They saw him. They saw his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Now, uh, for my recovering Catholics who I love very dearly, notice that they didn't fall down and worship Mary. Okay? I just thought I'd throw that out. All right? I ain't mad at the Pope or nothing. I'm just telling you. All right? They fell down and worshipped who? Jesus. All right? So, uh, Here's something that uh, I think I have clarified already. The wise men traveled from Persia, but just to be clear, the wise men had to be adamant about finding Jesus. They didn't have cars, they didn't have trains, they didn't have buses. Come on, they didn't. And they're, they're traveling through desert land. They're traveling through difficult places. Do you see this? Uh, they may have been on camels. Uh, that's what all the TV shows say, but there's nothing the Bible says, and they rode the very nicest of camels. Uh, it, it doesn't say that. But uh, uh, they, with the understanding that they had, and with the revelation that they had, they sought Jesus. Listen, right where you are, with the understanding that you have, Right? You need to seek Jesus. That doesn't mean I don't need to learn anymore. Of course you need to learn more. Of course you need to serve God. But right where you are, begin to seek God. Alright? And uh, I, I love this, this, this moment because we've used it for years. Haven't we? Uh, I've seen it on church signs. Wise men still seek Him today. Anybody ever heard that? And I've often looked at it a lot of funny little platitude. But I, I want you to know, uh, when I say wise men still seek Him today, I, I'm not just saying the people who are the smartest. I'm saying that there are individuals that are broken, individuals that don't understand everything, individuals that might have a different opinion right now, the individuals that are just looking for a sign because they heard something about Jesus. That's one reason I love Christmas. I love that the whole world has to take a day off and stop and they have to say things like Christmas and they have to consider. Mama says, well, what's Christmas about? The little boy says, what's Christmas about, Mama? And they have to stop and say, well, there some people, you know, atheists even have to stop for a moment and say, well, you know, it's not, it's not really true, but at least we get these little sprinkles and we have to stop and say, wait a minute, maybe I need to check and see what the truth is about the Messiah. Here's your principle in James 4 and 8, come near to God and He will come near to you. Come near to 
in God, He'll come near to you, right? So wherever you are, even if you're lost, even if you're hurting, come near to God, and He'll come near to you. Okay, can I read the rest of that scripture? I didn't put it up there. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So I know it sounds really intense, but wash your hands is a wonderful thing. I've never walked to a sink, turned the faucet on, and washed my hands, and oh, I just hate doing this. This is so miserable. No, if I wash my hands, I'd snow. I'm getting some it's a mess off. I want to get rid of all the toxins. I want to get all the bacteria on. I put some soap and wash your hands. Cleanse your life. Don't be double-minded. Decide what you're going to believe and chase after him. And so I'm saying, but we, what do we need to do right here? The point is what? Find the Savior. While you're finding him, don't leave all of those that you have authority over out of the finding. I've got some mamas and daddies in this room. Bring your entire family into the house. Come on, bring them and get them involved. Listen, when I say I, I say here to the house of God, I'm talking about the church right now. All right, you might say, well, you know, I just don't think my kids need to come to church or children's ministry or that sort of thing. Besides, we're so busy. You need to get off that high pagan horse that you're riding right now. Your children need to know about God. They need to be discipled. Every Sunday I pray with my children's ministry leadership. Every Sunday I'll leave my seat and take a trip to go stick my nose in the door to watch your children worshiping and praising the living God. I want to see that. Listen, listen. You need your children to connect with other children who know and serve the living God. You need it. They need it desperately. And then acknowledge Jesus in your house. Can, can I tell you little prayers make a difference? Anybody know a little prayer? God is great. God is good. Now we thank Him for our food. You know that? Or, or what about the bedtime prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I know it's a scary prayer. I pray for the Lord myself. If I should die, but but listen, you might say well, those those prayers are just cutesy little ones. Listen, if that's what you got right now, pray that. All right. Prayer. We used to work out prayers. You know, we'd come up with some prayers, and sometimes it seemed like praying the same words. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And enlarge your prayers. Teach your kids how to prayer. Pray. Acknowledge Jesus in your house. Somebody gets hurt. They get a boo boo. They want a band aid. You say, okay, we're gonna put a band aid on your boo boo, and we're gonna pray that Jesus heals it. And one day you take the band aid off the boo boo, and the boo boo is gone. And you say, what happened? And what do you teach them? That Jesus is a healer. So that, that's just major. No, God created me to be healed. Come on. Acknowledge Jesus. Acknowledge Him. Find a community of believers wherever you are. How many know that at your workplace, everybody is not a heathen? You need to find people at the school you're working with who know Jesus. At the work, come on. At the office, there are people who know and love Jesus. She sounds so good. She's almost two. All right? And it just validates everything I said. I love her. All right? She wants her back, I'm sure. So find a community. People say they can't find God. I say take your blindfold off. Yes. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And secondly, bring your gifts to Christ. Don't make me take an offering today. <laughs> After they heard the king, they went on their way and, and then they, they finally get to Mary and the child. 
the family, and they bowed down and worshipped him, and then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I, I don't have, I do have validation for this from other scriptures, but here's what I'm telling you. Where'd they get that gold and frankincense and myrrh? Where'd they get it? God provided it. Can I get an amen? God provided it. Anybody had a God provided it moment? Have you ever had that? Anybody ever had that, you know, something came and it was exactly what you needed at that particular time? Anybody had that moment? Somebody showed up, you know, your car broke down, God showed up. Amen. Somebody gave you a ride, somebody fixed something that was broken that you couldn't fix. Uh, how about this? I was talking, I was talking to you know, one of my relatives at the day's party and, and uh, he, had, he had had this job and we were eating together at this big this restaurant and, and, and the, the job that he used to have was closed down and I remember he was, he was telling us to pray and all that and he, he looked at me and said, yeah, I'm so glad that place is closed because i got such a better job now. And some of you are with me on this. I'm telling you, you're so busy complaining about what God didn't do that you don't see what God is about to do. And that, that is provision. Somebody shout provision. This is the word of God. That if you give, he will give, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In fact, he'll actually open the windows of heaven. And, and you, you say, well, I, for me to get money. No, no, no. Because God has a kingdom, and God will finance his own kingdom. Do you understand that? But he'll do it through you. And you've got to be willing to recognize that everything in your hands and your ability to work comes from Almighty God. And you've also got to be willing to seek and find God and lay some things down at the feet of Jesus for the perpetuating of the kingdom of God. So I don't get that. I don't understand that. Well, because after Herod, after the wise men leave, Herod now has a timeline of who the king of the Jews is and he's going to go and try to kill the king of the Jews by killing all of the children under two years old. And the Lord appears, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream, says, I need you to get your family up and leave this nice place where you're staying here in Bethlehem. I need you to go into Egypt until another time. And what in the world? Some kings showed up and had some gold in their hands financing the trip that they had to make. Here's some gold. Three wise men. We carry this because God told us to find you. When we found you, we knew you don't show up at the king's house without an offering. Jesus. Listen, don't, don't, I'm not playing. I'm not playing these, these uh, offering games. I'm not taking another offering or anything. I'm just telling you that they brought what was needed. But there's other things that was needed too. There was frankincense. You say, well, that's frankincense. Just say incense. Incense, incense. If you knew anything about the tabernacle, you knew about the altar of incense. If you go back to Elizabeth and Zechariah, where was Zechariah? He was right there at the altar of incense when the angel Gabriel appeared to him and said, your wife is going to have a child, even in her old age. And, and, and he did not know how to believe, but he knew how to stand and offer the prayers because all the rest of Israel was outside the outer court. They were praying, but he was bringing them before I love incense. You know why? Because incense says that God always remembers your prayers. It's kind of like when somebody was baking some of them Christmas cookies and you walked in the door and somebody's baking cookies. Well, God in his, come on, God in his throne room, yes, somebody needs heal today. 
God. No, it's like incense. It's always there. It's in the very atmosphere of God. Incense. But incense, your prayers are like worship to God. Am I right? It's worship. So you bring, you bring money, you bring worship, and then myrrh. Myrrh was the, was the anointing that was given when someone died. It was for the embalming of the individual before they were buried. And Jesus did not come just to die. But he was, after he died, he also rose again. But the myrrh spoke, the incense spoke, the gold spoke prophetically of God's plan. Alright? Now when I tell you this, I want you to know that all of the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh were prophetic. So you need to understand that God is still a prophetic God. So when I say give all your gifts, I'm not just talking about your money. I'm also talking about the gifts. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Aren't you glad that death and hell no longer have control over us? Anybody thankful for that? But also, he gave gifts unto men. And this, this was apostles and prophets and, and, and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I'm pouring out ministry gifts in order that I can build my church. But it's not just that. In, in first, first Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he starts talking about words of wisdom and words of knowledge and, and faith and, and gifts of healings and the working of miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits and different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And, and, but, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individual as he will. So why does he do this? It's to profit everyone. So you say, well, you know, I got all these gifts and I'm a singer and I can't find the men to sing right now. I don't know what happened to everybody, but uh, I, I'm telling you, you've got gifts and abilities and you should not be sitting on them. Amen. You, come on. I need teachers and I need leaders. The church is growing. Come on. And what we need are individuals that will say, I'm not just going to Bethlehem to chase stars. God has filled me with the Spirit and He chooses to use me in order to proclaim the kingdom of God, to heal the body and to clear future things for the kingdom. Alright, one more. And then you gotta learn to trust the Lord with your future. Amen. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to hair, they departed for their own country another way. It's an interesting place in my life. Nobody, I don't have any grandparents that sat down with me and said, Now this is what it's like to be this age. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Now, it's not that I'm a really old guy. I'm just older than a lot of you. Okay? wasn't always that way. When I first came here 30 years ago, I was 30 years younger than I am right now. But I, I tell you that because people say the strangest thing to you when you're certain ages. They'll walk up to you and you say, hey, how you doing? Great, great. And then uh, I ask how old I am. And I tell them how old I am. 58. And then they'll say something like this. Well, you look good for your age. And I just want to slap them. I really want to. What kind of backhanded compliment is that? You really look bad, but since you're that old, it looks good. Do you know what I'm saying? And tell me. Just tell me I look good. Just, you look good. You look good. You look good. And you know, it, it has so, so many, so many uh, undertones, so many, you know, other ideas, you know, just, just. And here's, nobody really trains you, am I right, about the future, about 
I don't know. Anybody know what I'm saying right now? Nobody says, now, when you break 50, these are some things that you need to focus on or you will experience, okay? Nobody does that. They, they, just, they just don't. It's just, just pretend like you're 25 for the rest of your life. And you'll hurt yourself. Right? They don't tell you about the emotions of aging. They don't tell you about the emotions of that. They don't tell you about it. Maybe I'll tell you some when I get older. Maybe I'll tell you about it. But, uh, but, but, but when, I, when, I, when I see uh, this particular situation and consider my own life, let me tell you something. I think I will tell you something. Here's the truth. You cannot have enough insurance for all the contingencies in your life. You, you don't have enough money, enough money markets. You don't, come on, you don't have enough retirement accounts to deal with all the things that you're going to have to deal with. I don't know if you hear what I'm telling you. I'm saying that there are some things that will come your way that money and insurance will not fix. There are some events that will happen that you will feel sad about and you will not know what to do with your sadness. There are some threats that will come your way. And can I just tell you about myself? I'd rather have Jesus than State Farm. I'm not saying don't have it. I'm just saying I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus. And, and, and here's what happens with the, the wise men. They were divinely warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod. Now who knew that? God knew that. And God, so God, God sent a word in a dream to them that they don't, you need to stay away from Herod because Herod is going to hurt you. Herod's going to steal from you. Herod's going to destroy you just like he's been trying to destroy Jesus. He's, he's going to I heard you. Don't you go back and tell them where Jesus is. You stay away from Herod. Do not honor his request. I'm telling you, trust Jesus with your future. I don't, how many have hit some things that you would have never dreamed you would have experienced? Anybody been there? You have experienced some pain and some hurt and some moments in your life. How many have gotten through them? Anybody gotten through them before? And, and here's something I know, and I, I can validate this. There have been times, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, many, many times, where I will lie down at night with questions in my mind. And I will call upon the Lord in my brief prayer. Say, God, I need you to speak to me tonight. And somewhere in the middle of the night, have a visitation from heaven. And tell me what's next on his agenda. And how I should trust. It's been happening to me since, for years and years. Since, since the, the, the late 80s and early 90s. Even at times when I wasn't asking him and did not have a question, he would show up and speak to me. But Sometimes it wasn't that. It was a brother or sister that was moved by the Spirit that would whisper something in my ear. Or just the Holy Spirit. I would watch one thing and God would say, I want to use that as a metaphor to teach you something. Folks, if you're wise, you will trust. You will trust the Lord with your future. Come on, I'm finished preaching. I want you to clap your hands and stand up with me. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Come on, just stay right with me. Stay right with me. Stay right with me. Stay right with me. Stay at this moment. Stay at this moment. I want to ask some of you, where are my people? 
band singers, come up and sing along, come on. Where are my people in this room that would say, I've really struggled because lately it's like I can't find Jesus. Why just wave at me, wave at me, why are you? Lately it just seems like I can't hear him. Seems like he's far away, I can't get an answer. It's like I don't know where he is. Go, I know it's tough. Yeah, wave at me. Go ahead. I'll wave back at you. I've been at some of those moments myself. Anybody had a screaming moment? Anybody had a screaming moment with God? One of those people, you know, like, God, where are you? <laughs> Let me know there's something with you, but I didn't leave, son. Why am I going through this right now? Anybody have any of those moments? you've had him it was like the enemy attacked your mind and you couldn't think where are you where are we where are we where are we at and you know what you're supposed to do you think you know what you're supposed to do but you just don't have any light because there's so much darkness all around you and so you've taken some steps perhaps but all you can find is a king named Herod who's got his own agenda. I want to pray for people who though you might have heard me preach on love and hope and peace and joy. Sometimes it's a struggle for you to embrace it stand with me. Just come here and stand with me. I might even give you a candy cane if you come up here. I got a whole basket. I'm bribing you to come for healing and help. Come come and stand with me. You lifted your hands. Come and stand. Come on. Come and stand with me. I love you all. So good to see you. I love you, honey. It was. story is so powerful, isn't it? Isn't it powerful? Those feelings of uh, where are you, God? <laughs> you feel sometimes and the enemy will lie to you and say, you know, if you'd have studied more. I mean, you know God loves you right where you are. Anybody know that? Not that you shouldn't study, but he loves you right where you are, bro. And even a sermon like today, is a step in the right direction. I'm not telling you to look up in the sky, but I am telling you to look up because He will redeem you. He will heal you. I love that you're here today. I do have candy canes. I'm going to lie to you. There's some candy canes if you need them. Shepherd canes. I love these. There. You pick them up later. There you go. I'll leave some here. Just don't steal my wise man. I got another sermon later today. So. There they are. I need prayer workers. Just everybody, just bow your heads right where you are. Bow your heads right where you are. Just bow your heads. Prayer workers, come join me. I need all my altar workers, extended altar workers. Get them to come and help me. Man, I can't even 
all my older workers, just come get, get around these folks. Okay, now, right with your eyes closed, I want you to just say this with me. I want you to say this. With your eyes closed, say this to the Lord, okay? Say it. I believe. Say it. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And now let's get honest with him. Some of you need to say it just like this. I believe that you love me. But sometimes I feel very lost. Say it again. Sometimes I feel very lost. Just say this. Say this. Say this. Lord Jesus, show me the way. Say it. Show me the way. Direct my path. Direct my path. Say it. Direct my path. Lead me. I'm looking for you now. And I won't stop this journey until I find you. Now listen. And give all that I am to you. Anybody receive that? Do you hear that? All the workers, you're welcome to come around the front. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Just pray for the person nearby you, all around the congregation. I want you to pray for the person nearby you. Father, you have brought us to this particular point now. You have taught us so much in your word. And as we stand here today, Lord, we are like those wise men. We don't know exactly where to find you, but we will find you. We will seek you with all of our hearts. We will walk through this broken time. We will walk through these times of difficulty. We will look for your light. We will look for your revelation. We will find you. Bless the Lord. I pray, Lord, for those who are here that walked up here because of their pain, because of their anxiety. Some who have walked up here who are struggling with deep depression and struggle just doing life. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I tell you that God is not as far away as you might think he is. I pray for those of you having a hard time praying. I pray for you. And I tell you, you go ahead and pray anyway. You whisper as best you can. But if you have to be silent, just keep listening for God. He is a healing Jesus. He wants to heal your thoughts. Just stay in the prayer. Oh, every prayer worker come. I need as many prayer workers as I come. Just now impose yourself. Impose yourself. Impose yourself on these who are in need of ministry. Impose yourself. All of these. More every prayer worker in the house come. Thank you, Father. Everyone in the house, would you just worship the Lord? Sing a little bit of that song. Sing a little bit. Sing, sing. Everybody pray for one another.